Well, in, in, when we consider the seriousness of a situation sometimes, I think it's sometimes helpful to offer a little bit of humor and a little bit of levity to break a serious mood. And so, uh, a couple of things that my wife sent me yesterday. And uh, one is the toilet paper rapture. When the roll is called up yonder. And so, if the rolls are all called up yonder, then I hope I get to be there. Uh, but uh, the other slide is, uh, is one of a social distancing baptistry. And not sure how that's going to show up on the recording. Those of you viewing at home, but that is a good old-fashioned dunk tape, dunk tank. Not duct tape, sorry. But a, a dunk tank. And so, no, we would not actually do baptisms like that if someone wanted one, even during uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, we would do it the old-fashioned way, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But uh, what I, there was another uh, slide that I saw this week, and it was one that had two frames, uh, the, or the top half of the frame, I should say, had uh, a family uh, all sitting together and it said how families are most of the time and it showed families all sitting in a living room together and a couple of them were on the couch and one in a chair maybe one sitting in the floor but what were they doing they were all staring at their phones uh, family there together in the living room under normal circumstances and they're all staring at their phones now that's Certainly not the case all the time. We know that. But then the lower half of the frame said families during uh, the coronavirus. And it showed everybody outside riding bicycles and in parks and things like that. And we do know that in places like New York that are so heavily hit and that our hearts go out to, you know, they have, I've heard people on the news telling people in New York, stay at home, get out of the parks. And that was my first, the, the first inclination that, that, that from my first understanding that, that people are spending a lot of time outside. And uh, then I heard the news this week that Great Smoky Mountains National Park here within our own state was receiving 30,000 visitors a day. And so they had to close down the National Park for a while just because uh, while it's wonderful for people to be experiencing God's creation, when there's so many of them in one place, it defeats the purpose. And so uh, I say all that to bring us to uh, the, the message today is about being still and, uh, and knowing God. And you know, it's, uh, it's wonderful to see families uh, kind of reorchestrating their lives, to re reorient their lives in, uh, in a time of crisis and as some have commented in the last several days that uh, a lot of people have time on their hands that they didn't have before and so it's wonderful to see people reconnecting but my prayer is that also during this time that people will learn how to be still and that takes discipline uh, the, the idea of really slowing down and slowing down to the point that you're not moving at all, slowing down to the point that you are still. Uh, it, I want us to look at uh, what Holy Scripture says about stillness. 
from Psalm 37, verse 7, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And in Psalm 23, a well-known psalm to many of us, the first three verses, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And I hope you see the tranquility there. The idea that when we're lying down, what are we doing? When we're lying down, we have no choice but to be still. And those are not raging or, or moving waters that we're being led beside. We're being led beside quiet waters. And then in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. And then uh, from 1 Kings 19, verse 12, Elijah is on the mountain and uh, he's waiting to experience God. He's waiting to hear from God. And God uh, is not present in the earthquake. God, God is not present in the wind. And God is not present in the fire. And where Elijah finds that God is present is after all that is in the form of a gentle whisper. If we are not still, we miss out on experiencing God. And then that brings us to uh, Mark chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he has already demonstrated that he has power over the demonic forces. And he's demonstrated that he has power over sickness and disease. This is the first time his disciples have seen him have power over nature. And this morning, I got up and I, as I do every morning, I, I go into the, the hall bathroom of our house. And before I do anything else, it's just a habit of mine, I open the blinds and look out just to see what's going on outside, to see what the weather looks like. And uh, this morning, as uh, Rick mentioned uh, in his prayer, a beautiful, absolutely beautiful spring morning with not a cloud in the sky. Just that beautiful, 
azure blue sky. But last night, at about 11 o'clock, the, the weather was anything but calm and clear and azure blue. It was a night sky and it was an angry night sky. We had not just a thunderstorm, but we had at least three waves of thunderstorms that moved through and some lightning strikes that I know were within a mile of, of my home and uh, did plenty of window rattling last night. But then this morning, in light of what I knew I was going to share, it was so uh, appropriate to look out and see such a beautiful, calm morning. And Jesus rebukes the waves. He has rebuked the storm. And let's face it, rebuke is not a word that's typically in our vocabulary. I put that in that category of, of what I call churchy words. I have don't never I can never recall someone saying, oh, you know, we had words and, and I rebuked him. Okay? That's just not something I've ever heard people say. Or a parent saying, my child was acting out and I had to rebuke them. No, uh, I, we're not shakers. And so uh, and so I've, I've never heard that kind of language coming from people. We usually say things like, I had to give them peace of my mind, or I, I had to read them the riot act, or something of that nature. But that's what Jesus is doing here. He is displaying His power over nature and saying, quiet, be still. And I share this passage as part of this message for this purpose. If Jesus can calm a raging storm, what can He do to the chaos in your life? What storms that you've experienced, what chaotic moments, what darkness have you experienced that Jesus would not have power over? I promise you, we turn to Jesus. He has power over anything that we can ever experience. Every one of us has already survived our worst day ever, if you think about that for a moment. And Jesus himself gives us many examples in New Testament scripture about how, uh, about how he knows how to uh, go to the solitary places. Mark 1, 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then in the next verse uh, from Matthew 14, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. And then we look in Luke's gospel, Luke 4 verse 42, at daybreak Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But we see there that, as we have in these other verses, he is in a solitary place. And then from Luke chapter 5, verse 16, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then finally, in Luke 6, verse 12, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. And so, you see all the examples there of how Jesus 
is seeking solitude. And if Jesus, who is God in the flesh, if in human form, if he finds it so necessary on so many different occasions to seek solitude and to seek quiet in his life, how important then is it for us to do the same? I've said many times that whenever we see something repeated in Scripture, uh, God is trying to get our attention. God is really trying to get us to understand this is important. We see that in some of Paul's letters where he, he mentions, sometimes he mentions one thing to just one church. And that gives us the idea that, that to that church that he's writing to, that it's important for them or it's an instruction that they need because it's an issue they are dealing with. But then we also find that there are, there are instructions that Paul gives in almost all of his letters to the churches. And that tells us that those kind of instructions are things that are, you know, were, were important for everyone to wrap their minds around, everyone to get a handle on, everyone to understand the importance of. And so when we see repeatedly that Jesus is going out and seeking solitude, it should resonate with us. It should register with us that we should be people who learn the discipline of being still before God, of getting away from everyone else. And I know for some people that is a challenge. If you're a mother at home with a house full of young children, that is a huge challenge. But I just hope, I pray, that there is someone in your life who can give you a break to where you can go and spend a little bit of time each day in solitude. Maybe for a little while after the children are all put to bed. Uh, that's just one idea. But the, the, the fact remains, it is important for us to seek that solitude. We see in Luke chapter 10, uh, beginning... Uh, with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. That would be a place just outside of Jerusalem called Bethany. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And so there they are in this house of Martha and Mary. And uh, Martha is upset because as she is making preparations in the kitchen, she would like to have some help. And her sister is nowhere to be found. And then she goes in and finds her sister where? The same place that all of us should be seeking to be, at the feet of Jesus. I truly believe that we all have a void in our lives and we can fill that void in many different ways. 
And what we see here in Luke chapter 10 is that Martha is filling the void the way a lot of people do, by being busy. And in some cases, people really aren't as busy as they think they are. They're good at acting like they're busy. That's a reality for a lot of people. But Mary, you see, is filling the void the way all of us should be. She's filling that void with the fullness of Jesus. Quiet. Be still. If you have not yet experienced the fullness of Jesus in your life, maybe it's because you've never given your life to Him. And so we invite you, uh, if you're a member of our congregation or a, a part, someone who regularly worships with us, I should say, and you have not yet put on Christ in baptism, then I encourage you to get in touch with me, get in touch with one of our elders uh, this week. Don't, don't put it off. Uh, do it today. Send a, you can call me, uh, send a message through our website. If you uh, are not part of our congregation, then I encourage you uh, to seek a leader or minister in your own church where you've been worshiping. And if you're seeing this message and you don't worship anywhere, then by all means contact us through our website at hoenwaldchurchofchrist.com. And uh, there is a way there that you can contact us. But uh, I encourage you not to put that off, that that is something, uh, if, if God's Spirit is uh, weighing on your heart, that you need to give your life to Christ, then we encourage you uh, to go ahead and, and make that happen. And we can help you with that. In the meantime, to all of you, quiet and be still.